Hey everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 151. As you guys can tell from our intro, Marco's back. Welcome back, Hello. Marco. Welcome, Marco. <laughs> Marco. We, we've, here. we've created a story the whole time of, <laughs> of where the you possibly we just won't tell people what you've been doing. It's fine. Yeah. Where you, <laughs> I, actually, it was more like the bill was creating like this weird story. I was like, I don't know where you're going with this one. Now. I heard because I, I would hear the intros because I, I didn't watch the last two movies also because I just didn't have time. But I did listen <sighs> to the intros and I was like, Jesus gotcha. Christ, the bill. <laughs> Jesus That's Christ. Well, but I liked it. It's mysterious. We know that you you've been away for a while and I'd like you to, to elaborate on it. But I feel like we might all go to the jail <laughs> if you do. So just don't well, be here. We'll, we'll talk about it offline. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I just been you know a uh, few changes in my life. You know, new new career path as Nabil stated before. You know, though though not as nefarious as the stuff that he was saying. But uh, yeah, I mean, Nabil was making uh, it sound like uh, <laughs> fucking Marco was drug running or becoming a drug mule. But he's okay. No, that's just a side gig. But um, <laughs> Wait, you didn't see Guardians <laughs> three, by the way. No, no, I just didn't I have time, dude. I was shocked dude. by that. Cause uh yeah I've been commuting to the city and like the first like I've just now began to tone down commuting out there and it's it's literally like waking up at like four thirty in the morning and being home at seven p.m. at night and then just getting ready for the next day and going to sleep I dude it's and then remember that life yeah Nabil and yeah. I used to also have the same commute and I I know what you're going through yeah so, and weekends has just been I like that on the weekends <laughs> catching up on on uh on sleep yeah. and stuff and i would definitely say though if you have time uh, both movies i think um worth a watch worth a watch yeah i'll i'll probably i'll i definitely want to watch fast x so i'll yeah. I'll, I'll be catching and, and that I, one and i think truthfully both movies are very good like theater movies too so yeah but, yeah yeah that's i'll see if say. i'll have some yeah. some catch-up time but you know yeah yeah it's good to have you Just back to, there regardless so yeah it's good it's good to be back you know um new adventures new um new opportunities but yeah you know i said i'd be a little more open in the pod this this time around so yeah got a new job uh woot woot and uh you know it's uh, gonna help out uh both my mental health and also uh the pod's health too so i'm back baby go. i'm back oh, hey we were a virtual hug to you my friend thanks thanks man all right Appreciate so it. today by the way we are since marco's back we're continuing our Coppola corner we are so close to the uh finish line at least until once again Megalopolis comes out, right? Because it actually, it <laughs> actually looks like out. it's coming out. It's already wrapped filming, guys. I can't believe we we're actually giving this update. So, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed recently, but Francis Ford Coppola joined Instagram like a week ago, and I don't. I think Whoa. it's actually him running his account because like he's reposted the same thing like three times. I don't know if he meant to do it, but he's what's <laughs> up right now dude i noticed that he like keeps posting oh, the same shit. post and i'm like hey man i mean you already posted this three three days ago like did, did he delete the old one and repost it again I, I don't know if he understands how to use it correctly like he's older than my dad at this point so i can only imagine yeah he's probably a little confused <laughs> um Jeez. but he's thanked like the cast of megalopolis like six times already on instagram so uh Shit, I thought you I were gonna say he thanked us for for doing this. <laughs> no, I was gonna say that the cool thing is that we could actually probably tag him now. So he's you know maybe maybe he'll maybe he'll actually notice us. Dude, we should. Yeah, we gotta let we him know. We fucking should. That we're like, the. Just let you know we 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 are the fans of our podcast. Right. We've done all of them, sir. Yeah, even like your weird ones. Like. <laughs> 
please start from the uh, beginning. Just you know, yeah. we're giving you good criticism. So, but yeah, he uh, yeah. just as a heads up, he officially. I had no idea. He didn't really have an Instagram until a week ago, and then I realized why. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I was like, <laughs> you might want like a well, PR guy to run this follow one him now. Yeah. So yeah, we are continuing our Francis Ford Corp- Coppola corner with a review of the 1997 film The Rainmaker, followed by a review of Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. I think a lot of people may have heard of that film as well. So, without further ado, let's get into our Francis Ford Coppola corner. I may have gone too far in a few places. So there, there's not a lot of trivia from our last film that we did, Jack, as about a <laughs> month and a half ago we did that one, '96, to the Rainmaker. But there are just a few little, I guess, little tidpoints here that we're just going to bring up. So the last film Coppola directed in the 1990s, The Rainmaker, was based on the 1995 novel of the same name by John Chrism. Curious to understand the appeal of John Chrism's work, Francis Ford Coppola picked up a copy of the book at the airport and ended up finishing it on the flight. Impressed with its ability to hold his intentions so thoroughly, he decided to make the film adaptation of the book his next project. Grisham said of the film, to me, it's the best adaptation of any of my books. I love the movie. It's so well done. The film grossed about $45 million domestically, more than the estimated production budget of $40 million. But in true Coppola fashion, it was a disappointment compared to the previous films adapted from Grisham novels because it didn't actually make real money. (laughs) Dang, okay. Wow. So without further ado, let's get into our review of The Rainmaker. And who are you? Are you a lawyer? Well, I just I just passed the bar. Well, you got a hell of a lot of nerve walking into my courtroom without a license. Now get the hell out of here, get no license, and then you come back. In law school, Rudy, they don't teach you what you need to know. It's all theories and lofty notions and big fat ethics books. What's wrong with ethics? Nothing, I guess. In the world of lawyers. Good afternoon, Mr. Van Landel. Do you have a lawyer? No. Good. Very sorry, Mr. Van Landel. Very sorry. We're gonna get you a bunch of money. In the city of Memphis. That was blatant ambulance chasing. Right. Better learn quick, you're gonna starve. An incredible story is about to unfold. We really need your help. My son is dying, and the crooks won't pay for his treatment. Very sorry to be here under these circumstances. We wouldn't be here if your clients had done what they should have done. All right. The Rainmaker sitting at 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. The story for this one goes, a struggling new attorney, Rudy Baylor, resorts to working for a shady lawyer where he meets paralegal Dex Shefflet. When the insurance company of Dot Black refuses her son's coverage, Baylor and Shefflet team up to fight the, corp- the corrupt corporation taking on its callous lawyer. Meanwhile, Baylor becomes involved with Kelly Riker, an abused wife whose husband complicates matters when he confronts Baylor. Surprised they even included that in there, but okay. Yeah, I was like, okay, but you know. (laughs) I'm like, sure. Uh, So once again, this is directed by the great Francis Ford Coppola because we are the Francis Ford Coppola podcast. Movie friends don't got shit on us. Stay away from our area. Go back to Napa County. Written by Francis Ford Coppola, um, Michael Herr, who did Full Metal Jacket in 1987 and also Apocalypse Now in 1979, and based on the novel, as Nabil said, by John Grisham. So the movie released in November 21st, 1997, with a budget of $40 million, 
Its box office, however, was only $45.9 million. Ouch. The movie stars Matt Damon. Uh, I'm sorry. Matt Damon as uh, Rudy <laughs> Baylor. If you know, you know. <laughs> Danny DeVito as uh, Dex Shefflett. Claire Danes as Kelly Riker. John Voight as Leo F. Drummond. Mary Kay Place as Dot Black. Teresa Wright as Miss Birdie Birdsong. Wow, what a name. Virginia Madsen as Jackie Lemansic. Mickey Rourke as J.L. Bruiser Stone. And Johnny Whitworth as Donnie Ray Black. May, may I add a very yoked Mickey Rourke? But yeah, yeah he's like, he's this must have been when this is like, he was boxing at this time. Right? Yeah, Before the you could tell. Too, yeah, mm, you could too tell. Too much. Yeah. He's got a look yeah. to him. Yeah. Additionally, it stars Roy Schneider as Wilfred Keeley, Randy Travis as Billy Porter, and Danny Glover as Judge Tyrone Kipler. That was okay. I got to bring up these three characters real quick. By the way, Danny Glover is uncredited in this film, so he's, he doesn't even show up in the credits, by the way. Wow. But uh, I was like, is that Randy Travis at one point when they were like, he was telling the guy that he was like, did you contact this guy or something? And I was like, wait, what the hell? I was like, is that country singer Randy <laughs> Travis was, right there? <laughs> I remember he did a few movies like he did movies. he just kind of popped in and then roy schneider from fucking jaws, jaws at one point yeah. i was like is that roy schneider like dude he got some names for like like cameos basically <laughs> they might have like the book they got like two minute rolls i'm like dude what the mm-hmm. hell i was so. expecting roy schneider to be like i'm not going back in the water again we're gonna <laughs> need a bigger boat <laughs> loose sig in his mouth and shit <laughs> oh man <laughs> So, again, we like to go over the history we have with the movie, if any. So, I think I'll start with our MC, BDJ. James, do you have any history with this movie? Have you seen it before? Okay, I actually thought I did, right? Until I started watching the movie, and I was like, man, I like this is like brand new to me. I, did you say, where's uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Dustin <laughs> Hoffman's <laughs> Rain Man? Like, where's, what's yeah. going on here? I, I, I mixed it up with The Firm. Which is the movie oh, I have yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, shit. as the movie was like progressing, and I was when Danny DeVito shows up in the first like ten minutes, I was like, wait, what the hell? Danny DeVito's in this movie? I was like, I don't think I've seen. I don't think I've seen this movie at all. And then like as the story was going, I was like, I, because even if you've seen like a, at least for me, like a part of a movie, I would have thought I would have recollected something from it. Mm-hmm. But man, it was like a blink. So yeah, no, I've actually never seen this movie. I have heard of it, obviously. Oh, um, I think they made a lot of John Christian films in the 90s, I want to say, right? Yeah, yeah. it was one of the yeah, other they ones. Did. Yeah. yeah, I did. But once again, I did mix it up with The Firm, which came out actually like four years prior in 93, I believe. All right. So yeah. I was like, yeah, where is Tom Cruise? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess I think. But yeah, never seen it. So first time. All right. What about you, Nabil? What's your history with this movie? And have you seen The Raymaker before? I, I I watched it on TV. Uh, I've seen it a couple times uh, back early in the 2000s. Maybe I'm not even shocked. shocked. I'm not yeah. even shocked. Was it this is a kind of film that they'll wander into and see. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it was fine back in the day. It was always on TV. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, honestly, I, I might have seen it like on TNT a few times, too. That's another. I watch a lot Man. of TNT. It's a couple of times I made a reference to that. <laughs> so, I feel that. A lot of good movies back then uh, before they went to their drama stuff. But yeah, I, I've seen this film at least uh, a couple of times. Right on. So we have one no and one yes. 
Uh, I, I've heard of this movie and I obviously saw it in theaters because I've seen all of Coppola's movies in theaters. I'm old enough, as you know. Wait, really? No, <laughs> no there's no way. I was about to say. No, like, I, no. I, I haven't like seen all his movies like, in theaters. I was No, no, but I'm thinking 97, though. I'm like, there's a chance you did see this in theaters. No, no, I did you... see this in theaters. Yeah. Oh, you're I not saw lying this about my brother. That. No, no, Holy no. Shit. I did see I'm it. the only one that oh. never seen this before, huh? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, I saw I that's I the s- first. I saw it in theaters, and I think when it came out for video for rent, my brother and I rented it because we thought our parents would like. We saw that we saw this alone, just me and my brother. Oh wow! Look at you yeah, my, again, like our our cousin was a uh, uh, assistant manager at Cinema Six, and we got to see free movies, and we saw that uh, uh, Danny DeVito was in this. We didn't even know who Matt Damon was really. A so lot of really we're like, yeah, yeah did. this is the first story. Yeah. So Wait, did you we, know this was like a Coppola film? Nope. No? no. Okay. I never knew up until we started doing the Coppola Corner. Wow. Okay. And truthfully, cool. I actually uh, thought this was another Tom Cruise movie. I thought this was Rain Man. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love oh the title. God, dude. I was like, oh shit! I never seen Rain Man. I'm actually going to be able to see it. And then uh, I look at the thumbnail for the movie as I'm about to watch it. And I'm like, oh shit! No, never mind. You're like, what's Matt Damon doing on the cover? Yeah, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Hoffman? Where's Dustin Hoffman? So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely seen it before. A couple okay. times. But this has got to be a first, then. Like, me not seeing the movie, and you guys have both seen the movie before, in the couple corner-wise. I think this is the first one. I think it is, too. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Wow, this because should be a prize for that. couple films to get to that point. Yeah. Like, like his last film before he disappeared <laughs> for, like, a decade, right? <laughs> The tables have turned. The I turns know. have tabled. Jeez. So yeah. Well, well uh, James, with with this being your first watch of the Rainmaker, I, I'm going to struggle. By the way, I might say Rainman a few times. So, you almost yeah. just said it there again. I that's, heard you. That's, that's why I almost said it with the bill. When I paused, I was like, "Wait, it's Rainmaker, not Rainman." So, what did you think about this movie? This was super surprising. I'm usually not into court dramas at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, this movie really worked for me, man. I really enjoyed this. Like, also, I guess it, it I mean, I guess it helped that I thought it was something else too the whole time for the first 20 minutes. I was like, okay, I know where this is going. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. Why is there this subplot? I just Where's liked Jack it, Nicholson? man. It's cr- like, I didn't think Danny DeVito was actually in the movie. And then I was like, never mind. He's in the whole fucking thing. I thought he was just like a quick cameo or something that I was like, no, he's like a main dude. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I liked it a lot, man. I thought it was a really good story. I like the pacing of it. It just shows you like as a, as a, even a young man, Matt Damon was really like set to be a lead, you know, like yeah. I feel like his presence in this film works really well. It's not perfect, but I, I really liked the movie. Like the storyline just, it, it really moved me, especially getting back at like this big corporation that screwed over this, this family, you know, and I, I, there's even some comedy mixed in here with like the way that. Right. Rudy and Deck work for Bruiser, and it's it, it, there's like all these hints early on that like, like Bruiser is not like a good, great guy, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not like he's, like he's like he's like on trial and shit, and he's trying to like do these things, and he's like the FBI is investigating and all this crap. And I, but I like how he subverted the fact that Bruiser de- technically didn't screw them over. No, like, which he was screwed cool. over his firm. I loved. I actually yeah, loved yeah. that part. Yeah, same. 
I was like, he was shady, but like he never really like screwed over like his crew. He actually like so. paid him out. He understood. He actually helps them near the end of the film too, which I thought yeah. was awesome because he's he's like obviously like <laughs> in Cancun or some shit. He yeah. just won't tell him where he's at. He's like, yeah, don't worry about it. And he's always smoking his cigarette. <laughs> yeah. So that was like one of those little small roles. I know a little off, but Mickey Rourke, I think, like really like just nails that role. Like he he has the look too, and like you said, yeah. this is this is still somewhat handsome Mickey Rourke playing this one. So. Absolutely. It was cool. But yeah, I, yeah. I actually was super surprised. I, I really actually enjoyed this movie quite a pre, bit. Pre Botox, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, yeah. before yeah. he became um, before he became <laughs> the blob. The wrestler. Fuck, man. It looks, yeah. Yeah. It's insane how different he looks even like 15 years later after this movie came out. Like, holy fuck, yeah. dude, what happened? So, yeah, yeah I I was very surprised by this movie. Nice. Well, good to hear. Uh, what about you, Nabil? What did you think about The Rainmaker? Yeah, I'm it is it is a a good solid court drama as a good plot matt damon is very likable in this in this story like you he's young but not too young mm-hmm. so he can you know he so he's coming off as capable somebody who would be starting out as an attorney and trying to figure out his you know his career path but you know doesn't have all the resources available to him so he's taking what he got and it's it's a very it, it is. I like that it's very focused, you know, where it's it's really looking mm-hmm. at this overarching story. There is a couple subplots, but it's there to show, I think, at least from my interpretation, it's there to show like his his flaw as a, a young person, right? As a as a new attorney. Yeah. So I think that's part of the reason why he's like we've got this pl- subplot about him being with the married woman um that's that you know he's got to deal with some crap over there so so, yeah yeah so (laughs) it's like i i understand the reason behind it but yeah and like james said danny devito he just makes the film just that much better i liked his character i liked that he was a wanting to be an attorney but couldn't quite make it past you know he couldn't pass the bar um so he he was just like are you gonna retake he's like yeah probably (laughs) not probably not yeah so like failed it like six times yeah i was like that's too expensive i ain't got money for that you know but he's like he's there and he's trying to help and he's obviously interested in he did some shady stuff before and he's like but i really want to do the good stuff if i can you know so Mm -hmm. he's finding his way through it so like all this it all just works really well you know it's not the the most perfect film but for what the film is it is a very it's a very good story and it's got the right characters and it's got a good tone to it i think danny devito is like super likable too he is he is this was, he comes out, he this comes is, out kind of scummy, right? But then, like, truthfully, I'm like, yeah, but he's kind of got, like, a heart of gold because he's kind of, like, helping yeah. out. Yeah. This yeah. is, strangely enough, one of the most normal roles he's had, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, not, he's not a straight yeah. shooter here, but he's still, like, it's still, you know, you, you would you could probably meet this one of these guys, like, at a bar or something like that. Yeah. You I know? mean, his intentions yeah. are out there. He wants to make money. He's, mm-hmm. Everything that comes up, he's like, we're going to make so much money off of this, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But he's even this, like, let's take yeah. the deal. He's like, that's yeah. as much as we're going to get or something. Right. <laughs> Damn. Okay. I guess. So he, he, that's what <laughs> he's all about. But he's not also arguing the point when they're trying to move forward. You know, he's like, no, it's all right. Right. He, he wants to make sure they got a sure shot at winning when he sees that they can go bigger and win bigger. He he's on board with it, and that yeah, that makes yeah. his character you know, likable for that. It's like he's just trying to go for whatever has the best percentage of winning. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I agree with you guys. Um, I I like this one too. Uh, actually, there scratch that. There's there's one part I don't agree with in the bill, and it's it's the whole Kelly Riker uh, subplot. Like I, I get it. It's it's meant to show you know his flaws and the fact that he's yeah. still young and and trying to grow. But I think that the whole 
court dilemma and the whole court case show that I think it was strong enough for yeah. that. And it almost felt like Coppola felt like his writing in that wasn't strong enough to show that this is a young, struggling guy. But I disagree with that because you see Matt Damon's character stumble and struggle like he messes up a lot of objections and he doesn't know all the rules he's working in a state mm-hmm. he's not familiar with and i like that because it, it's it showed realism in this because you know speaking from experience i'm at a new job right now too there are certain things that i don't know i'm learning along the way i'm you know making minor mistakes along the way too and i'm like wait i don't know this let me look this up you know and i i found that kind of <laughs> strangely relatable so I, I felt like that was enough to show, you know, the the type of of growth that this guy needed and his whole character arc. Um, I, I I liked everybody, you know, in this film as far as their performance goes. Like, yeah, Mickey Rourke was great too. I didn't even know he was in this movie. Truthfully, me neither. Um, it's crazy, probably because yeah, I didn't know who the fuck he was back then. And I was like, not- Rumble. I was like, damn, Coppola got him from Rumblefish. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, e- yeah. Even uh, e- even like I mentioned, Danny DeVito's performance as Dex Shiflet, like he he was just you know, it- it's weird because I'm watching him in Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and he's this wild character, and here he is just playing like a straight role, and, it- and he does a really good job. You you forget like how talented he is as an actor. Claire Dane, surprisingly enough, as Kelly Riker, though I didn't like her subplot and the fact that it was kind of shoehorned in this movie. Um, it was nice to kind of see Claire Danes, you know, in a movie because I was such a big Claire Danes fan back in the day. John Voight, he's so good. He is the 90s and early 2000s scumbag. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this, this movie came out this. the same year as Anaconda, by the way. So. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. No, oh shit! And I think Anaconda <laughs> came out before it actually. So. With this shitty fucking <laughs> accent, like a Spaniard or some shit. <laughs> I don't even know we're going to get some snakes. <laughs> shit was it, this was a year before, um, maybe a year before or no, no longer before Enemy of the State also, where he also plays like a government. God, well, not maybe, not that would be close, not a lawyer, though. but he's a government asshole in that. Is he but, okay? <clears throat> But he's, man, he's just that, like, he's that perfect villain, man. He's got that look. He's got that face. Um, he's got the acting chops to really, like, make you not like his character. Uh, yeah, Leo dude, Drummond was a piece a of shit. Dude. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it It was, it was perfect. He was the perfect villain for Matt Damon's Rudy Baylor. Like, you, you really could see this, like, David versus Goliath uh, sort of um, uh, situation here. Because, I mean inexperienced lawyer fresh out of law school fresh passing the bar going up like these experienced pros that are just like the fact that they're they're toying with him at the beginning of the trial too and like trying to you know uh out outsmart him with simple shit that they that they know they can't get away with with a with a seasoned lawyer but they're trying to like put one over on on rudy baylor i thought that was really really well but yeah overall not a perfect film but still very enjoyable very uh strong topic with some levity thrown in there that overall and some realism thrown in there that me really makes it an enjoyable film um it's really sad that it didn't make a lot of money but you know you win some you lose some uh i I know we've we've gone over the the plot a lot but any scenes uh nabil from the courtroom drama or or any scenes in specific that stood out for you in the movie 
Honestly, it, you you already kind of touched on it. You, you know, when he's in the courtroom, um, like one of the first scenes in the courtroom when he's uh, deposing a witness, um, mm-hmm. that he's. I mean, I even I mean, we've seen enough courtroom dramas. I know that he was leading the witness, and there was an objection from John Voight's character each time that he was leading him, and he eventually learned. But it was just interesting to see that you know. Don't forget, he's a new attorney. He's never done trial, right. uh, done a trial before, and the judge was very kind and kind of allowing him to to work through that. And th- there was a lot of the, it, not just that scene, but the other scenes where he was learning and realizing, okay, mm-hmm. can I object to this? Or the judge is asking him a question like, "Well, what do you want to do? Do you feel like there's something you need to say here?" Kind of thing, like to tell to help him along with it. And there was yeah. a lot of those little things that they did in the courtroom that I really appreciated because that kind of reemphasized the fact that he's new and it didn't just throw that away as like a, a plot thing, which I really yeah. enjoyed. Even like approaching the witness, he he didn't ask and he right. didn't know. Yep. He's like, oh, whoops. Yeah, those, or he didn't were, know those that. were really good scenes. Yeah, well, the, the cross examination can lead the witness, and he called that objection too. You know, right. He was wrong about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like that. Awesome. Uh, what about you, James? Anything for the courtroom drama or any particular scene that stood out for you? Uh, when Donnie Ray Black, they play back his video of him like talking about how he's sick and stuff. Yeah. He had to go to his house. Yeah. Man, that was like heartbreaking, dude. That was sad. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. Shit like that like hits me hard nowadays. So, And then that Randy yeah. Travis scene was fucking hilarious, actually. <laughs> where where they, they I, I liked how Rudy and Deck basically, they, they find out that Leo and his crew are like bugging his, their office, mm-hmm. right? And so they, they play to their, their strengths. They, they use like the guy that uh, found the bugs as like a like pretending to be Billy Porter. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when Leo comes in the next day, he's he's trying to call it out like, yeah, we can't do this. We got to get rid of everyone. And, and this guy takes it really like hard in the wrong way. I just like that where they got a little like one up on his ass <laughs> just to show you that like Rudy and Deck are pretty resilient and they have they're very they know how to they're even though they have their backs against the wall. It just shows you yeah. that they have like a lot going and that they're very talented in, in what they do. So I, I like yeah. that too. I uh, <laughs> I like that scene too a lot when when they pull one over with the whole bugging and and um they make Leo Drummond look like an idiot in front of the yeah. courtroom trying to say shoe, that you know falls off witness too? tampering no. just crazy. Oh well, mind yeah. you, and the reason they were they were worried right is because they what had nothing to do with the trial. Deck was worried that it had to do with the FBI thing with yep uh with with a. Uh, Ricky Rourke's uh, character Bruiser, but yep. um, so it was all by happenstance that they realized, wait, what is this? Well, we, we are being bugged, which is even <laughs> funnier because they fall into it and then kind of, you know, le- lean more into once they've realized where this kind of come- came from. Which which leads me to my favorite scene, which was mentioned by James. It's when they when they call Bruiser to uh, to to find out <laughs> how they can admit evidence. You know, yeah. late in the trial, and then and then they realize that they can show uh, stolen evidence so long as they didn't take part in in the theft. And I like, <laughs> I like that Bruiser keeps telling him where it's at and stuff. It's like you know, it's it's over there. It's in here. You'll 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 find it. You'll find it. And He's like, tells Don't worry. The, yeah. the case. I was like, yeah, but it's it's cool because like. Yeah, they they don't have the the big resources that these other law firms have, but they the, the resources that they do have end up helping them, and and they end up using a precedent from a prior trial to help them get their evidence and, and missed in court. And I was like, that's that was pretty fucking awesome, Not and it was really cool trial, to see one of yeah. Bruiser's previous trials. 
<laughs> yeah, the irony of it all is it was one of his. Then they use his nickname when they freaking quote it too. <laughs> J. Lime and Bruiser Stone, <laughs> and everyone's eyes like, "You got to be what? kidding me, dude!" <laughs> that guy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I like that a lot. Investigation. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Danny DeVito uh, <laughs> goes to freaking. Um, uh, John Voight tells him you should really learn the rules after that. I kind of like that little jab. <laughs> Memorized rule book. Here you go. I can't yeah. think Danny DeVito was going to get called out for not having a license or something. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was yeah. I didn't know because once again, first time watching, I was like, are they going to call him out? Like, there's like, you know, not everyone's yeah. too legit on that side, but it never happened. So I was like, <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that did happen, but I was like, huh, I guess I remember this movie wrong. But yeah. Um, James, did this feel like a Coppola film to you based on everything we've seen so far? They actually did. There's even a few shots that are very Coppola-like where they, there's a scene, I don't know if you guys remember, where they are focusing on the mom on a dot where it's like, um, like her face when they're trying to like, John Voice character is trying to call her out that, hey, this doctor uh, said that this wasn't going to work and blah blah and you just said that you trusted him and then like her face when she's like crying the judges in like the background she's in the foreground and it's only focused mm-hmm. on her though that's a very Coppola shot too just, yeah. just something but yeah it was a solid story I think this is one of his better written written um, screenplays I would say too yeah. like it's it's very well written it comes together so well I even liked how he, he kind of contrasts like Rudy and Leo like there's like a narration where Rudy's kind of saying like Leo probably was actually a really good guy at one time. And then eventually because, because he kept winning, he had to keep that up. So he had to start doing really shady shit, which then Rudy at the end of the film is kind of like, eventually one day that might be me where, because I did so well in this first case, like people are going to expect this from me every time. So I'm he's going to turn to a Leo. That's why he kind of steps back and leaves, you know? Yeah. Even Mm -hmm. that it's just, it's just good writing, man. So yeah. Yeah, this definitely feels more back to, especially after Jack, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely more of a couple of film, I guess, right? Oh, man. Uh, what about for you, Nabil? Did it feel like a couple of film to you? Yeah, you know, th- the scene that that really stands out for me is the um, interview with Jackie Lemansic, where they're in the courtroom and they're doing that whole scene where he's interviewing her and then there's a cross mm-hmm. and then there's a, you know, the follow up. Like that whole scene with her emotions kind of going from up and down and everybody being super hyped up and then getting like destroyed near the end of it, that Coppola is very good with giving enough emotion in the room and like showing that in camera and making you kind of feel Mm -hmm. like the stakes of what just happened and the severity of the outcome of that. Um, And I think that whole segment in the movie was uh, like so Coppola-esque. Like not many people yeah. film a scene like that. I had no idea she was in this movie either, by the way. I just kept thinking Candyman the whole time. I'm like, where's the <laughs> <laughs> goddamn Candyman? So, oh, Jesus. Like, who was uh, the guy with her, by the way, in the hotel? Is that like her security? Or, I guess maybe yeah, she's like, she's be like he goes where I go. And they never explain it. I'm like, who the I always fuck assumed is that? they had to do the insurance company was going to, if they found her, was going like to kind of kill her something. or something, right? Or something. Yeah, or, right. He's like, they must own the protection. Okay, that makes sense. Because they don't really like, they gloss over it. Like, yeah, he's with me. Wherever I go, he goes. I'm like, who the fuck yeah. is he? So Just just showed how afraid she was of, of that insurance the company. company. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I like the. Um, the reality checks that he gave every plot point, like the two that you guys mentioned, like, um, you know, 
breaking down Dot Black and and her defense of you know the bone marrow transplant and just going back and and you know reading over that the doctor told her it wouldn't work and then when the bill just mentioned of you know what they did with with Jackie and and breaking her defense down it like it it added that sense of realism and even the ending too where they win but they don't really win because he the 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 insurance company files for bankruptcy yeah and yeah. it's like okay they won the case but they're not you no know they're not winning the money or anything yeah. no. and i i like those things because it it just you know it, it was a bittersweet ending and it is yeah um tacking on what uh james said too about rudy realizing that he this isn't the line of work that he wants to do and sometimes that happens in life where you 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 achieve a goal you get to where you want to be and then you realize mm, you know what this is not for me i'm gonna probably you know take a right here and go a different route you know yeah. maybe possibly around the same you know career background but not necessarily the same career path you know mm-hmm. and and i like that it, i like the fact that made it feel like a couple film to me that and uh, i feel like if i hadn't have watched tucker because it, it, there's almost some similarities to it mm. between tucker and this in this movie both end of, very like, bittersweetly yeah yeah so I, I think if I hadn't watched that movie, I would have felt like, you know, it's kind of like a couple movie, but not really. But, you know, in hindsight, doing this with you guys, we kind of see like how a broader range that Coppola really has. So, yeah, I agree. It, it felt like a couple film. So that being said, we've reached the part where we give our film a star rating one to five with Five being, you know, fantastic and perfect, and one to half a star being trash. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll start with Nabil. Uh, what do you rate the Rainmaker? You know, because I've seen it many times, I I <laughs> um, feel like it wasn't as good as I maybe remembered. So I actually gave this a three and a half stars. Um, it was fine, uh, and there was some good aspects of it, but. It's not, I I guess, you know, comparing it to others, I've seen much better versions of this being done. So mm-hmm. that's a fine take. That's fair. All right. Uh, BDJ, what I do mean, you rate the Rainmaker? It's one DC. They're going to be like, you got to stop doing that, guys. <laughs> um, I, I really like this. I give it a four out of five. Um, I think this is one of his best films. I mean, easily his best films is Dracula, so. Almost forget about Dracula every time. Every time, I'm telling you. That's a, such a big movie, dude. What <laughs> it is. It is. It's just so weird. Uh, I, I got to go with that, too. I really enjoyed this movie the second... Well, not the second time around, but this time around, I really enjoyed it. As much as I liked it the first time, so I I, I go with four stars also. Yeah, like I would definitely rewatch this movie again. Like yeah. This is another one I'd be like, okay, if I see this on or... I mean, I own the fucking movie, so I mean, I, I can watch it anytime now, but... Yeah, <laughs> I think it's it's that realism that he adds to it. I think is what I like the most. Solid you know? movie, solid movie. Yeah. Well, I think we've come to the end. Unless there's anything else you guys uh, want to say about the movie, uh, you know, the whole subplot with uh, Kelly Riker that we didn't touch on. That's how yeah, we felt. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that that is probably the weakness of the film. Yeah. It is just something to kind of maybe give him a romantic <sighs> yeah. subplot. And once again, I, I've never read the book, so I don't know if that's just in the book too. I'm sure it apparently is. Apparently, this is a pretty faithful adaptation. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure right. it's all there. And and like to Marco's point, Claire Danes is fine. This is nothing wrong with the acting. It just doesn't. And like I felt like it was there to help kind of portray uh, 
Rudy's kind of naivete because he's just a young still, but at the same time, it's like didn't need to be there. It's fine. We could have cut that. Up it it is. It is kind of sweet agree. though. I yeah. guess. I, I I'll say that much. Like he's very nice to her. And he it, is. Yeah. I kind of felt for. I mean, maybe it's just because Claire Danes. Like she back in the nineties, she was. You know, this is probably right before or after Romeo and Juliet, right? Maybe after. around there. Yeah. yeah. I think we're about the time. Yeah. Yeah. So she was pretty high up there. Like there's there's a pretty all star cast, man. So, but um. Yeah. I thought it was kind of a sweet story. I think the scene where her dude comes and just tears up half the house was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Kill him. The whole dude, he rips he up breaks. a cupboard, yeah, <laughs> and throws it at him. Like, yo, is this guy like? Oh, he didn't have to, a fridge fell on Rudy. By the way, he didn't have to go to the hospital after that. He was dude, fine. right? He got pretty yeah, fucked up. Uh, there, yeah. it, but see, that, that sort of the stuff. It, it went a little over the top on that too. It I'm did. like, oh, okay, all right. Is this a superhero film? Let's let's chill out here. <laughs> but once like, again, I think we've talked about it. I don't think Coppola films action too well. So like. I don't know. A man could survive a uh, cabinet. He's like, a okay, so the, the fridge is going to fall on you, then he's going to tear off yeah. the fucking cabinets and throw them off. you be like, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, also, I think that damsel in distress, like, cliche has been done way way too many times. And it's yeah. just like, mm, okay, you know. Yeah, and other movies that did it better, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. But um, aside from that, yeah. Yeah, that, that's solid, solid really why. Yeah. yeah, I agree. We, we we would all still recommend you guys watch this. I'm assuming so. Yes. Go back and watch the classics, guys. Great movie. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And once again, this is his last film for like ten years, by the way, as we're gonna find out by next pod. Like he he yeah, takes absolutely. a decade, not really a break, just like there's stuff that happens in between. But yeah, it's pretty wild. All right, let's move well, on now to our main review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. My name is Miles Morales. I'm Brooklyn's one and only Spider-Man. And things are going great. Oh yeah, you were supposed to be here at five. All right, whatever. Whatever? Wow. Whatever? So are you like a cow or a Dalmatian? I am the spot. (laughs) That's not funny. Don't, don't do that. Miles' grades are pretty good. A in AP Physics. That's my little man. And a B in Spanish. What? Ooh, okay. Miles. Are you trying Mira, to kill that's what I'm I gotta go. All right, bye. He's lying to you. And I think you know it. What's up, danger? Miles! Wanna get out of here? Oh! When? So wait a minute. There's an elite crew with all the best spider people in it? Who's the new guy? This is unbelievable. This is the lobby. Miguel O'Hara. The whole thing was his idea. What's a guy got to do to join this spider team? You can never be part of this. Don't even get me started on Doctor Strange and the little nerd back on Earth 1999-99. Come on, go easy on the kid. He had a terrible teacher. Peter. Miles! Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It's currently sitting at a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. The story is that Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse, where he encounters a team of Spider-People charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. So this is directed by Joaquim Dos Santos, who was also a producer on The Legend of Korra, uh, as well as Kemp Powers, who was a writer on Soul. And Justin K. Thompson, who was previously a production designer and included some of his credits, uh, at least from this film series. He uh, was a production designer on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. 
This was written by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who, of course, also wrote and produced films like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, The Lego Movie, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And Dave Callahan, who has also written for The Expendables, Godzilla, Zombieland Double Tap, Wonder Woman 1984, as well as the last and most recent Mortal Kombat. So this film is currently playing only in theaters and was released on June 2nd. It's starring Shamik Moore, who plays Miles Morales, a.k.a. Spider-Man. Haley Steinfeld, who is Gwen Stacy, or Spider-Woman, or Spider-Gwen. Brian Tyree Henry as Jefferson Davis Morales, that's Miles' dad. And Luna Lauren Velez as Rhea Morales, that is Miles' mom. Jake Johnson plays Peter B. Parker, the other Spider-Man. Jason Schwartzman is here as Dr. Jonathan Ahn, or the nemesis, The Spot. Issa Rae plays Jessica Drew, also Spider-Woman. Karen Sony plays Pavitra Prabhakar, which is Spider-Man India. Daniel Kaluuya plays Hobart Hobie Brown as Spider-Punk. Oscar Isaac plays Miguel O'Hara as Spider-Man 2099. Mahershala Ali plays Aaron Davis. Andy Samberg plays Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider. And Jorma Tocconi plays the Vulture. So, Marco, since you're back and all and had a chance to watch <laughs> a few movies with us, what did you think about this film? I really liked it, man. Yeah. Solid comic book movie, entertaining, action-packed. It's 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 nice to to see a really good comic book movie and come to realize what that looks like again. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's just easier to see it in animation. Very true. Uh, what about you, James? What were your thoughts on this movie? Yeah, I liked it a lot, actually. I thought it was a, a solid movie. It's not perfect. I think a lot of people are really hyping this movie up to be like the best animated film ever. All this shit right now, but... <laughs> I don't quite agree with that. I think it's a good movie. That's um, how you really feel, James. I thought it was cool. I yeah. do think it, it runs a quite a bit too long, especially for an animated film. But um, I, I had fun watching this. Yeah, I really enjoyed the movie as well. I, I will, it's a, still a very stylized film, as it was in the first one. And I think that really helps it stand out amongst a lot of other kind of comic bookish uh films and animated films as well they um every character has its own kind of unique look and i feel like they've spent a lot of good time with really understanding who miles is in this film so i really enjoyed that and kind of giving off his uniqueness so i think the film was a, a really excellent sequel to the original one but since james you had mentioned that there's some things that you felt weren't deservedly hyped what what worked for you what didn't work for you do you feel like something was off in this movie for you most most things work though in this movie yeah i would just say that much i do i do think what didn't work was they they do especially early on with the family drama they do kind of i think they linger on it a little bit too long um just to kind of get the ball rolling not just mm-hmm. like there's a whole sequence with gwen that takes about like 20 minutes in the beginning of the film where it's, you know, we're, we're getting her backstory and such like that, which is fine. I mean, that works, but then we get it. Then we go back to Miles and it's kind of like more of a recap at first. And then we get into kind of like Miles life, too. And it, it feels like th- I, I think it for me personally, it was just kind of a slow start to it all. But um, 
that's that's probably like you know a gripe and, and truthfully i, yeah. I kind of wish they um i'm not trying to go too much spoilers right now but like for instance oscar Isaac's character i felt like i thought we were gonna get a little bit more of him in this movie i felt like we didn't get i didn't get enough of him in this film i felt like he was really interesting but we didn't learn a lot about him um i get it with his plot and such like that but um and i i really would have liked to see more of the variants i feel like uh, it's weird it's a two hour and 20 minute long movie and it like the pacing's fairly well done still but like by the time they get to the variants and such i feel like they almost rush through that part in my opinion at least like, yeah i, I would want to see more of it we didn't get a oh. chance to sit with the individual characters not really as it's much. like he shows like up then, things happen and he's out point. Yeah. and it's like fuck you know I mean, but a I lot happens animation, in those though. scenes, oh. but yeah, at the same time, you don't get to sit a lot with them. I see what you're saying. Yeah. What about you, Marco? Um, was there anything that, that didn't work for you, or was there a lot of stuff that like really spoke to you that you felt like made this an excellent movie? My my only critiques, really, a little different from James, is really kind of in the action. They uh, and, and, I, and I I watched this with, with my family. I watched it with my brother and with my son, Xander, and when a freaking nine-year-old points out that they're breaking through windows uh, a little too much uh it's kind of an issue and i kind of noticed i was like yeah they are breaking through freaking uh through buildings and stuff like a little a little too much and i'm like is this a fast and furious movie am i am i in the right theater i think I'm that was the, right the, now. that's the least of your worries <laughs> <laughs> uh and so that that was really my only gripe is i i felt like the action was a little less uh like varied in this as opposed to the first one uh there's also a lot of like falling yeah it it just it feels like it's like they're like they're falling rather than being chased and i don't know if it's because of the style or not but um it would have been cool if it went like i get it they're trying to be a little different but it felt more vertical than horizontal and if they if they did a little bit more horizontal that that would have been okay, but it just always just felt like they were falling or or crashing through through buildings. But yeah. that's really my only real nitpick. There is a lot of broken windows in this movie, I guess. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah. specifically it. through buildings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is, yeah. There's a lot of jumping through buildings. Um, I, you know, I would, I would only say to to that that I felt. So I really like this movie and I liked the the action aspect a lot because to me it really felt it's like you said Marco it's they're trying mm-hmm. to go for something different and I think it's because it's a different superhero it's Spider-Man right so he's yeah. not doesn't fly he's not like a brute force kind of guy he's quick and he's he he's quick on his feet he's does the quips and everything but also is very like intuitive right and so mm-hmm. i think the way that i see it at least like the vertical fighting kind of thing was them being really quick and moving around in small spaces you know like mm-hmm. the the fight with um miles morales and the spot early on you know it's a lot of like stumbling because they both couldn't figure out how to fight each other because of the situation the spot was in <laughs> but then like miles really picked See, up that on was it cool quickly yeah he picked up on it really quickly and kind of figured out how to how to get at him um by using the the spots you know own superpower against him kind of thing yeah. you know like those things that happen a lot and i think like when they were fighting uh with some of the chase scenes was going on um and fighting a bunch of other spider people like 
they're all the same, so they all have the same moves, but Miles always came off as a bit different than everybody else. So mm-hmm. he he like was able like they could all kind of go full force against each other because they know what they can take. It's like Superman fighting Doomsday kind of thing, you know? Right. They, you know, they know each other's power levels kind of thing. And so Miles is able to but he still stands out amongst them all and is able to do something a little different. And he has this kind of unique flow to him. That that that's how I took it at least. So I don't disagree with what you're saying because it it is d- a different thing and it can be you know, especially because of all the different fight scenes that were going on in them. They all were kind of similar. But m- I think it was like the character, specifically Miles, that that added that change to it. If it was a bunch of Spider-Man just fighting each other, then it would be like, okay, we get it. Like, you guys can all do yeah. the same. But he kind of added that variable. And that's what I think kept it more engaging. Like, don't get me wrong. It, it looked cool. But, yeah. for example, you mentioned, like, spot. that The spot fight was really, like, interesting and different because of the fact that he could open portals anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, like, if they had, you know, something more like that, you know, I, I felt like it would it would have added a little bit more. Like, for example, he uses his, this isn't really a spoiler, but at one point he uses his invisibility to spy on a character, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't he use that during the fight with the other spider people? Because it's something that they don't have. And I, I wish they would have utilized a little bit more. But again, and that's just my only real nitpick. I, I still overall in, enjoyed what I saw. Hmm. Um, and James, since you were kind of also mentioning about sitting a little bit more with some of this variants, what did you think about seeing all the Spider-Man variants? Was was there specific ones that you really wanted to sit with? Or were you, was it not what you were hoping it was going to be when they showed all these multiple spider people in in the spider-verse i guess i was just a little off by it like they they, the producers talk there's 190 versions of you know spider-man and jeez and maybe remember three of them (laughs) yeah that's like Uh, they they didn't have mine and james favorite version on there yeah i was looking for them trust me they almost got i was like where is it yeah my friend i show you yeah i was looking for his, his little shoes his little belt too. His guaraches. Yeah. His name is is FIFO. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's um, yeah, I guess I don't know. I wish there was a little more with it. I really feel like that the multiverse part is still like God fucking Marvel stuff just glosses on it. I, I want it more of a deep dive. I guess that's cool. Like the you know like fucking Spider Man India and all this shit. But yeah. I don't know. And I guess one of my gripes is like as cool as the spot is, I don't think he's like the coolest bad guy. No, I mean they were they were ripping on him in the in the entire film though too. Yeah, I know that's kind of the point. Then he's kind of creepy, and then I guess because it's no offense to Jason Schwartz, but he he's got that voice where I'm like, man, I can kick this dude's ass. You know what I mean? But I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just saying like he always comes off as like, okay, he's just being himself again. That's fine. Yeah, but it was fine. But like I said, I I actually still really enjoyed it. Like I know I'm I'm just getting nitpicky on it, but I um you know I I thought I just. I don't know. It was cool. It was fine. Like there was a little. There was a lot of those Leo moments for me. Like from you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where mm-hmm. I was like pointing at the screen. I was like, oh, that's blah blah from blah 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 from blah blah. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, Margo, what about you? Any thoughts on any of the other characters? Um, I mean, even the main characters. We have we haven't really talked too much about uh, Gwen Stacy uh, or, or Miles specifically. I. See, I I know the beginning was a little slow with the whole Gwen Stacy stuff, but I like that they expanded more on her. I do agree that maybe they didn't really need that continuation with Miles Morales because we already know his origin from the first one. But I do like the uh, the expansion on Gwen and learning her background and seeing her struggles and 
what what she has to go through. Uh, I I do like the other variants as well. The the ones we got specifically Hobie. I think he was my favorite because yeah. you know my, Daniel Kaluuya you know voices him. I'm not gonna say anything about actors. I'm just gonna say I like that the voice them because you know I jinx actors, so I'm not gonna say <laughs> shit. I'm just gonna like say I enjoyed guy. the character. He seems nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna knock on wood. And uh, yeah, I like that he brought chaos into into this, and that he was not a, a true anarchist, real other. punk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I like that they went hard on that. It was it was interesting, and yeah, Spider Man twenty ninety nine was very interesting. I do, I do agree with James that when we get to the variants, we just get kind of a small uh, you know spurts here and there, and I wish we could have expanded on that uh, as well. But I get it. They were they were trying to really fill in their the the main main characters which is miles and gwen and kind of like uh make them shine a little bit more but still would have preferred to get more from from these spider-mans um i enjoyed uh what we got from spider-man india too i thought that that was very like unique as well uh we got a different like take a different look um we just needed a little bit more of that you know just just a tiny bit more but i liked what i got you know yeah i was like that's not in the bill (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> Spider-Man India in the comics does not look like that. I think this was a specifically redrawn for for the movie. What's Spider-Man India what? look like in the comics? <laughs> he looks like Spider-Man with like our uh, like our big just big uh, parachute pants um, kind of thing. That's all it is. I'm He's like- got a Spider-Man costume with big pants. I'm like, so they ruined Bill's origin story, and then you know they got a shady version of Marco playing, you know, Spider-Man 2099. Okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. Then I, I would have loved to spend more time with with the the variants, like for sure. Um, Spider-Man 2099. I've never been a big fan of his character, Miguel mm-hmm. O'Hara, but he's because he's not like the other Spider-Man. Um, he's, I mean, he's definitely not Peter Parker and you can see in the, in, if anybody who's read the comics, like he's got claws, he's got fangs, he's got like Dude, they, his whole, they don't really go into it though. Yeah, like, they I, don't go into it I don't it, know though. anything about him truthfully. So I was like, I have no, is he a fucking vampire? Like, I, I okay. Yeah. They don't, they don't really touch on it. And I feel like people looking at that saying, well, why is, why is he different from all the other Spider-Men? Are they going to explain it in the sequel or like people are saying like, you know, like Peter B. Parker's like, no, he's a good guy. But like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell. I'm like, we barely, dude. I, I was like, did he show up for one day to do his lines? Like, it seems like it. And I was, I was, I was, I was like, sorry, man, go man. do Moon Knight. Talk to you guys yeah. later. Yeah. Fucking Marvel D Squad. Let's go. So <laughs> he's got a different thing going on. Um, and I, and like, I like that they went to the different world of Spider-Man India. That was nice to go see another ver- universe, cool. um, you know, just just to see. But that's the only universe different. they really go. I mean, outside right. of the ending part, right? Right. Except I, for the I wanted part. just like I know we did multi multiverse of madness, just like that movie. Like if we're going to say multiverse or a spider verse, like show me more than two, man. Come you on. know, I will say, though, James, I feel that they did. I mean, compared to uh, the Doctor Strange film, we they did the, that better. They addressed it better. It's not it's not what I want. I still want more of it. Uh, like the Lego mm-hmm. thing was cool, and yeah. Then, but it's just like just give me one one or two more worlds. Just to, right. like throw these guys in there. I don't know. I agree. That's all. I that think, was my complaint. I think that we could have done more with it. Um, but even like you said, like the wrong the the runtime was a little longer, so they put in a lot to try to keep it on pace. But I feel like there was a lot more to add there. And but 
it also made it more palatable compared to the multiverse. Like, at least there's a purpose behind it. I still don't understand yeah. what's going on yeah. in Marvel. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. why this is, why do I care about this? I mean, um, I think this technically connects to that, right? Yeah, yeah, technically, they're all... I mean, they do... I You know, I don't want to go too much in a spoiler yet, I mean, but they do give did, a throwaway did line. Marvel? Or, I mean, do they ask? Because who knows? They just... Sony just be doing whatever <laughs> the fuck they want nowadays. That's their character, right? So, they're like, fuck it. They're like, but we're going to make it connect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, s- sadly, they they have more hits right now than Marvel. Once again, watch Guardians of the Galaxy three, bro. Yeah, you you <laughs> might like that one though. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um. So we've talked we talked about the some of the action and art. I touched on, on that as well. But let's just talk about the overall plot where we're going from Spider Man into the f- universe to Spider Man across the universe, uh, Spider Verse. Um, Marco, what did you think about how these stories compare? Do you feel that there's a good connection here? Do you think there's good progression of and and kind of see where this end game is kind of going to, or do you feel that these are really like standalone films and you know they they can hold their own thing? It's definitely a a good progression. I they they're going off of what they started in the first one and building on it, which I I do like. You're you're learning more about these characters. You're, they're they're growing as as you know they as from one movie to the next, which which I do like. And they're, I mean, they have a plan, and you you sort of see that this is the origin story of Miles Morales, you know, and that's kind of what they're doing. In a, in a way, they're sort of borrowing from Homecoming, where you know. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. this the series of movies is his whole, or it's not. You know, the first movie's origin, then the second one is where you know shit goes down. They're 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 morphing those two ideas together, where you know while the the second movie is you know quote unquote the darker one, and where the the main character goes through you know trials and tribulations, it's also you know expanding more on his arc as well, and you realize more that. Some of these main characters haven't really gone through their full arc. You know, they're they're just they're about to reach the apex and they're about to, you know, you know, be who they're supposed to be. And I kind of like that, you know. Yeah, it's it's borrowing from a different franchise, but it works. And they're taking in what they introduced from the first movie and 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 making it making us like it even more. And the the family drama, though, it's it's overly extended. I, I wish the conversations were a little bit shorter, but I do like it because it it sh- it makes you kind of uh, connect with these characters a little bit more. It makes because especially because they're animated, you want to be able to care for these characters. Like I I care about them even though they're they're not fucking real. You know they're not you know fucking cartoons. You know animation, but you still feel something for them because of these uh, relationships that they have with their families and these conversations that they have. So I, I do think that this movie does, you know, carry that and expand it even more and, and makes it even better. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to say, even go back a little bit to what James had said at the beginning about Gwen Stacy and like having to do this orange or reintroducing her origin mm-hmm. um, into the franchise. Like I actually enjoyed that. They sat with those characters more and gave us more of an explanation um, rather than, because they're main characters, like we get to see their motivation, what they're going through, because it's only touched on in the first film. Um, mm-hmm. And you're really just kind of focused on Miles. So it was nice to be able to see a little bit more. I do agree that it sat a little bit too long. Like we could have just moved on in some aspect of it. 
Um, like we didn't need Miles Morales. Yeah, she, exactly. Yeah, the vault yeah. goes on for a little bit, but we didn't need the recap with Miles Morales. You know, it's like you either saw the first movie, you didn't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, they're doing that, that for the continuing to everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they did that in the first film. They kept controlling that trope, so it just kept going on. Yeah, but this one seemed like it was like in case you missed the first movie, here you go. Yeah, right. Go. Yeah, because. Yeah, because the, like, the Gwen Stacy part made sense because we didn't really get much of her. In that the was first different. One, yeah, so. we, you don't. Yeah. You know, you you know, Peter died in that or something. You just didn't. Mm. I don't right. know if you needed to see the whole fucking thing again, but yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I I agree with that, and I think that's mm-hmm. something that was nice to see, but at the same time, I, I totally get the criticism there as well. Do you feel? I kind of put this to you, James. I, this isn't really a spoiler unless you just didn't notice anything, and I'm going to apologize, but. This film is a trilogy of a series. There's going to be three of them. So there's one last film coming out. It's supposed to be coming out, I think, in March. Um, and they said that this was a part two, part three. And so they retitled them. This is early on when they were, when they, well, this is going to be a film. part one, actually. Another one's going to be part two. Uh, okay. So yeah. they, so we, so there's going to be three. So this ends in a, in a cliffhanger. Do you feel like the way this film ended and where we're kind of going towards, you think there's enough here? for another sequel like do you can can you see a long game here or do you feel like oh we're gonna I don't know actually this is the same issue I had with Fast X right yeah like I feel like there was only like 15 more minutes to this movie I don't I think if they make another 2 hour and 20 I don't know if that's spreading a little thin <laughs> you know like fuck like guys you don't you know Sony you guys can come up with something else you know maybe they're gonna pad it in with all the variants now and start going into detail that's my guys. fear now it's like they're gonna be like okay because you know that's why it wasn't in the first one. So we're going to show you more of these or like now the you know, things are going to happen. But um, my friend, I chose my you. friend. Yeah, they're going to bring him. <laughs> Men Please bring him in. Or Vimini Spider-Man 2, bro. Come on. Or Vimini Spider-Man. Come on. Please, I hope show him. Show him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I actually was like, they probably could have wrapped this. They could have made this one movie. Let's let's face it. Like this could have been, especially with the runtime, like this could have been. They they go over quite a bit of shit in this movie. Like, yeah, I feel like they're. I, I don't know. There's I feel like the next week. Here. I feel like yeah. the next week could wrap up in like thirty minutes. Like, <laughs> right? They go and do something, save somebody, go back, get the thing, save the day. There you go. Mm-hmm. Unless they have a bigger plan, like they want to implement all their franchises into this somehow. So Which like, who would who wouldn't be surprised by that, right? It's like yeah, this like, is the yeah. real multiverse film that they're trying or to like, stop. Because that's why we did that thing at Morbius, or you know, they have Craven the Hunter coming out, and this yeah. uh, Spider, what the fuck her name is, uh, what Ma- Madam Web, right? Madam Web, yeah. And then another Spider Woman, so it's like sure, oh, fuck. So kind of milk it for everything that it's got. I mean, they already shot those too, so it's like who knows at this point, but. I don't know, man. It does. It it very. It it ends almost just like how fast X ended. Like, holy <laughs> yeah, fuck, it is dude. very abrupt. Yeah. Except I was at least for the fast X. It's kind of mentioning like there's going to be a lot more to this to a point, obviously, especially with the reveal. But with this one, I was like, I don't feel like there's much more. Like, I mean, don't get well, me wrong. Obviously, I didn't write there, this film, so there kind of is. Uh, but uh, it's a spoiler, and I'll I'll talk about it in spoilers. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, but that's the way. I, that's how, at least, how I felt. I feel like it could have been wrapped up in another twenty minutes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the, for an animated film, I agree. It was much longer than I thought it was going to be. I didn't feel like it was that long, but you, when you really see what was going on and kind of sit, you know, this is the longest animated North American film ever made. See, that doesn't surprise me because most films are around uh, animated mm-hmm. films, especially they're expensive to make. Ninety minutes is what you're expecting. So this is, yeah. Two hours and what, like nineteen minutes or something like that. Twenty. Or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so we are going to go into spoilers and talk a little bit about films, before uh, a little bit more about the, the movies in more detail. But before we do that, let's just talk about our star rating. I'm going to go with you first, Marco. How many stars did you give this movie? Uh, I give this one four and a half stars. Four and a half. Very nice. Uh, James, how many stars from you? Uh, I give this one the same that I gave uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I give this one four stars as well. Four stars. Um, if you didn't already tell, I really like this film, so I gave this five stars. So, But I'm also, you know, full disclosure, Spider-Man fanboy. So like Marco with DC, I'm also a little biased sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so take that from what you want to take Superman! I, I will say this much. I actually enjoyed the first movie a little bit better than this one. Yeah. In my opinion. There you go. Um, I think we all do recommend watching it, though, but probably, yeah. I don't know if you, I feel like you should watch the first film as well if you haven't. Uh, I feel like you definitely I mean, should. you need to. Yeah. 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 You, watch the first one. you could. I mean, you I guess a little bit of recap. It, yeah. But I mean, come on, man. <laughs> it adds more weight. Definitely yeah. adds more weight. Yeah, it it's just like saying you can watch any Star Wars movie in any order, right? Technically, but oh, I mean, we could. I mean, I just, I just <laughs> jump in from Return of the Jedi. That's all I do. Oh, watch right. a nine, bro. What are you talking about? That's my favorite one. <laughs> Shit, just watch Rogue One and that's it. Gareth <laughs> <laughs> Edwards appreciates that. Yes. All right. So if you haven't seen the film yet, you're going to skip forward a little bit so we can tell you what we're going to be watching next after this uh, pod. Otherwise, stick around for just a second so we can go into more details in the spoiler section. Oh, so there can only be one Dominican Spider-Man. My friend, my name is Fefito. My friends call me Fefo. Spider-Man. I'm going to test my super sound. What the fuck, my guarachas? All right. So, the crazy twist is that Miles Morales is technically an anomaly because the spider that bit him wasn't meant for him. It was from a different universe or it was spider verse. Dominican Spider Man. Yeah. It was- <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was from the other Dominican Spider Man. And if he had not. My friend, bitten, I tell you. His Spider-Man would have survived, and none of this would have happened, and he got sent back to the alternate dimension and found out that he himself... And he would have lost his... So so everybody's really fucking mean to him. Yeah, they all hate him because of it, because the Spider-Man died? I don't really know. I guess... Because okay. because it it causes the the universe to collapse, just like the with uh, Spider-Man India, because he saved the the, the the cop dad. Yeah, mean, it, it's not his fault. The, the spider bit him. No, like, no, no. But uh, but there there's a pl- there's a plot hole to that because um technically okay, so he wasn't supposed to become Spider-Man and Spider-Man wasn't supposed to die, but his universe didn't collapse. So. Okay. Right there, already the theory's broken. Yeah, it's it's been 16 months, by the way, since the events of the yeah. last movie. So and everything's yeah. been fine. Uh, Gwen Gwen Stacy's dad, you know, more than spoilers, I can say it. Her her dad quit, which is actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's like, yeah, quit, quit that shit. Um, he quit, so he didn't die. So yeah. and he was supposed to die. Too? And so far, it's been what three months that she's been she away from her universe. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, no, but hold on. He he, he doesn't quit until she gives him the speech right there. Oh, I thought Marco. he had already quit. No. Oh, okay. Okay. He says, "I, I just quit smart. during that speech when he's when she's saying it, and that's why she's I like see. she breaks down." So he oh. just quit. Actually, okay. Well, while she, dun, dun, dun. she was expressing her actual feelings toward him and letting him know, like you know, I love you, blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, good on him. But yeah, yeah. It, 
I I know they're gonna have to explain that shit. I mean, I think, got two two and a half hours to do it. I think, <laughs> I think the twist was interesting in the sense of like you know he's hella he's hella more Hispanic in that version. Is he that is. One? He's got the dress. First I, mean, thing I thought it was Marco. I was like, I was what like, do? <laughs> you know which way he leaned into. Dude, I was like, dude, this guy definitely knows Spanish. <laughs> what up, man? Hey, what's up? I'm the prowler, man. I was like, damn, Universe Forty Two Spider Man is hella fucking Puerto Rican. But I don't see them like. You know, he's not gonna like kill himself. They're gonna resolve it and whatever and you know they're gonna, or friends. the team shows up, he realizes oh save our dad and yeah. we're gonna take an hour and fifteen minutes to fucking oh okay. Get everybody there to reintroduce everybody all over. Gonna make they're, some, gonna yeah, make some plantains I, from <laughs> they're gonna realize that they all because if if Spot becomes like super powerful, they're all gonna have to team up against him. Yep. So I, I think, yeah, I, I think all these Spider-Man that are kind of looking evil, like Spider-Man 2099 and yeah, uh, Spider-Man same, Universe 42, they're they're all red herrings, because we all know yeah. the real threat's going to be that, that guy's spot and be like, oh, shit, turned, hold on, he wait. All, he turned all black and shit. And also, yeah. or Morbius not, would show up. And <laughs> Morbius might show up. I, I, I think that the spot, the whole thing, his his motivation of saying it's your fault, I'm like it wasn't his fault. You didn't he didn't create the collider. Like you did that to yourself. You were involved in the situation. So why I mean, do most you blame bad guys blame this hero that's that true. Thing, but it's you mean like, um, bad guy from Amazing Spider Man two? <laughs> uh, you talking about fucking uh, Jimmy Fox? <laughs> yeah, dude, I thought it's the same, same thing. thing. I'm like, it's the same it's your fault, Man, it's your fault, Spider Man. <laughs> you created me. Yeah, that's the same uh, thing because he wasn't like quote unquote seen. So, but he remembered his birthday, bro. He did. <laughs> that's one thing. I'm sorry, this is an amazing Spider Man 2 sorry. thing. Although they do have a scene yeah. from it yeah. in this movie, which is cool. Yeah. We also, I don't know if you guys, speaking of the other variants, we didn't see um, our canon Spider Man, which is uh, Tom Holland. He wasn't. Oh, you, don't think, you don't think MCU got a lock of that, Marvel? No. No, not at all. That's still I mean, Sony's property. Danny Glover, though, from it. Or, we did. Uh, He's a prowler, which is cool. There um, was an animated one that kind of looked like him, like his suit that even had like the webbing think, on the armpits. I think they're reserving him. I think he's going to play a big part in the next film. That's what I'm thinking. We'll see. Because I got a like, feeling that MCU gonna, might have been because they like, had such a long yeah. scene in that Morbius one. I actually thought he was so supposed like, to be in this movie, but once again, this could be maybe he's in the next one. So yeah, you're right. I don't know. Yeah, is Venom going to show up? That'd be kind of cool. I would think it'd be terrible, but also kind of no cool. Fu- it would make no fucking Why would sense. Do that? No. It would make no sense if he shows up. Hey, just well, suddenly they, they had the symbiote film <laughs> convenience store lady show up. Yeah, so. yeah, that scene. I, the whole time when I saw that too, I was like, "She's the person from Venom." Apparently, like, that was archival footage, though. Like, was it really? Like, yeah, apparently. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, maybe it was a deleted save money, scene baby. Maybe it was like a deleted scene, maybe. I don't know. That was weird. Hmm. Well, also, let's talk a little bit about Miles as a character itself. You know, I think a lot of us like Miles at Miles Morales as a superhero. Mm-hmm. Do do you think that there's potential to have him as in another like movie? Maybe, maybe not in this whole multiverse thing, but his own little standalone Spider-Man film. Do, I mean, or do we are we looking forward to maybe like just a live action? They're apparently, film, like. There are working on a live action one for what I yeah. just read, but I I don't know if it would be the same Miles though. I feel like if it's they're probably gonna do not it, right, it'd be a it's movie gonna be a version. different thing. Just because of once a again, variant. 
Yeah. yeah. Once again, they don't want to like alienate people that haven't seen these films, so they're probably you know, you know they are nowadays. Um. Yeah, it'd be cool to see because like I've read the some Miles comics. He he doesn't do all this multiverse shit in those comics. Like it's it's he's no, like this the is normal all everyday Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be kind of mm-hmm. cool to see him in a non multi Spider Verse movie where it's like, hey, how would this Spider Man deal with this bad guy or right. issue? So that'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, live action would be cool. Especially if they connect it outside of the Sony verse stuff, I, hopefully. But I don't know. <laughs> I think it would be one way to to. Yeah, it would be one way to avoid if you know Tom Holland doesn't want to come back or something. Yeah, from what I've heard, yes, though, they are going to make a Spider Man four. Yeah, I've very, heard, well, they, yeah, I've heard the same that they're probably going to do a four. Maybe and, he'll be in that one, right? Maybe they'll introduce I, him in there. I'm wondering because I mean, Tom Holland is what? Like he's in his late twenties now, so he could. He's I think like the right age where he can have a men, you know, mentee, and Miles Morales comes up and they introduce mm-hmm. him that way. Maybe and then it's just, uh, Tom Holland looks so fucking young, dude. Like he's only supposedly eighteen still, right? In the fucking thing, like he just graduated high school. Yeah, they can only if depending on you know what Marvel's doing with his multiverse just stuff. He, they can only jump baby. so far. Give him a beard. Time jump. Give him a beard. Give him a beard or something, right? Make him look scruffy. Some scruff. Yeah. yeah some scruff. Like, maybe like a deeper voice. You can't you can't fix the height. Dude's short as fuck, but <laughs> he's a little guy. He's a very little yeah. guy. Yeah. Call, uh, call him short kings. Yeah. I, I he can feeling. he can sit on James' shoulder for sure. Maybe. Uh, maybe he can he can certainly cool. jump that high and just go right on his shoulders. He's very aerobatic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's just Cool. Maybe I just the, want to see him sit on James' shoulders. They, they bring him in, and he, we, maybe that's the plot. It, right now. Like, oh, let's face it. Let, I mean, spoiler for fucking No Way Home. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, he's got to obviously get Zendaya's character to remember him somehow, and his fucking Filipino friend, right? Sorry for his name. Yeah, I, I would think the same. I think like that It's got to happen. They're well, not, I feel like one of them's going to be a villain. Like, I think his oh, friend's going to be a villain. Ned, yeah, Ned, sorry, yeah. Oh, you, Ned's going to be... Uh, uh, Overweight Green the, Goblin? Is that what he's going to be? No, the yeah. Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. Don't worry. I got my bombs here for you. <laughs> <laughs> Glider's fucking failing and shit. Is he trying to get on it? Like, yo, bro, that's I got a weight limit, huh? <laughs> Don't come oh, back shit. over here, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dude. Did Ned like, do a, a fucking... Did he do a fucking year in the Philippines or something to study? Because he is actually and, and my guy, Dominican Spider Man, shows up. My shows friend, up. I show you. I'm making blood bottles. <laughs> <laughs> my what I just. Sorry. <laughs> I'm <laughs> obsessed with that. <laughs> uh, all right. Any, uh, I think we've talked quite a bit about the movie, but is there any closing thoughts um, on what we're expecting from this movie or, or uh, not from this movie, from the next movie or Miles Morales as a whole? Uh, uh, Marco, any, any other thoughts on the movie that you want to share? Uh, no, just, I, I think James's theory that they're going to go over 2099s and, uh, Miles 42's background in the next movie. I mean, you're going to have to do some filler. So the proper way is you're probably going to show their background and how they became who they are. What if the Peter Parker is still alive in that universe and they make manufacture him to be Spider-Man suddenly? I just did. I just say the movie plot. Is that what it is? We created Spider-Man in 42 universe 42. Well, I'm assuming there's a Spider-Man in that universe still, right? They've never heard of the Miles Morales. Oh yeah. They've never heard of him. They never heard of him. That doesn't mean Peter Parker doesn't exist. 
True. Uh, I think they're going to really go over Spider-Man 29 a bit more because I felt like yeah. they didn't use him a lot, especially having mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac, you know? No, I agree. I think we'll get more into his story. I mean, he's definitely a main character here, so I've, he'll probably have a lot more. Seems really cool, too, but it's just like, we just saw them chase Miles a lot for like 30 And you know, he doesn't have the same, if I remember correctly, uh, he doesn't have the same tragic origin story as everybody else. He, his thing happens from like a happenstance. It's an explosion of his own doing, and he becomes, the, you know, a pseudo Spider-Man kind of thing. Oh, I've I yeah. I do not know any of his. I know he's in one of the video games, hmm. but that's it. I have no idea anything about this guy. Yeah, I've like I said, never a big fan, but interesting. Yeah, I didn't guy. even know like is the his AI thing supposed to be like significant? I'm like, that's just the thing. He is the first Hispanic Spider-Man though, because he's half Mexican. Half uh, Irish, mm-hmm. so, you know. It sounds like Mar- Miles S- S- speaking my language. <laughs> I mean, every the movie itself is still a fun watch. I think it's really worth it. Yeah. Okay, guys, mm. that is the end of podcast number one hundred fifty-one. Thank you for listening, Marco. Tell them how they can reach us. Listen and follow us on your favorite podcast service. Trust us. We're on all of them. For a quick link to all our socials, visit Linktree slash movie pals pod thank you and make sure to smash that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and make sure to also stay tuned for our next episode episode 152 where we will be reviewing marco's number one film of the year the flash aka batman 3 <laughs> all right guys thank you until next time this is james and marco and nabil have a great one